Hey, what's up, you guys? Hey, what's up, you guys? Hey, what's up, you guys? <laughs> My name's Anna, and I'm here with Maya and Maddie. And today we're going to discuss the past, present, and future of graphic design in the music industry. The way we experience music is constantly changing. Now that music has become an immersive experience, designers need to work harder than ever to keep listeners entertained. Today, the typical music experience is very passive. You open up a streaming site, put on a playlist, and have it playing in the background as you do your day-to-day task. But now that music is so easily accessible, it does not seem quite as special as it once was. A bit of the emotional resonance has disappeared now that music is easily accessible in seconds. In the past, you had to go to the store and sort through all the records or CDs to find the one particular one that you wanted. Then you had to purchase it, open it, put it on the player, and finally listen to that album that you've been anticipating for weeks. Sometimes you'd even play the disc so many times that it wouldn't even work anymore. It wasn't just listening to music. It was an experience. I remember my first experience with music. I had this CD player that I could connect little headphones into, and I exclusively listened to Fearless by Taylor Swift. The cover was so pretty to me with her flipping her hair dramatically. (laughs) And as I listened to the album on repeat, I would sit there and flip through the little booklet that came with the CD, And I would love seeing all of her little childhood photos and screenshots of her music videos. And it really made me feel like I had a piece of Taylor Swift there, like, in my hands. Like, it felt like she was an actual part of my life. (laughs) I had a lot of different experiences with music. You know, whenever I was little, I had, of course, a pink Disney Princess CD player, as well as a cassette player that was two-in-one. And then also, you know, my mom played a lot of her music in the car on CDs and stuff, so... I specifically remember one that I would sit and stare at, and it was the Songs About Jane um, CD by Maroon 5. I loved the cover art because it was, like, all monochromatic red, and the design was very, like, very flowy and just really pretty. And so I would just sit there and stare at the lady on the cover. Um, But I just remember most vividly CDs and stuff like that. Yeah, similarly to Maya and Maddie's experience, I had, like, this tiny pink CD player that was, like, one of the little portable ones, and I had, like, a few CDs of my own, but I would mostly, like, get into my dad's music, because he used to listen to, like, a lot of 90s, like, a lot of, like, 90s rock, and so the first, like, memory I have of seeing, like, graphic design on an album cover was Green Day's Dookie. I just love that album cover still. I just think it's so interesting and yeah it's quintessential green day it really is because all their covers are like that they have they're weird like kooky weird stuff on it i mean the cover the name of the album is dookie i mean what do you expect weird in the best way yeah so records allowed for a bigger cover design and the possibility to make the actual record a piece of art tony bennett once said that when you bought a record you felt like you were taking home your very own work of art artwork can be as much a part of the identity of a record as the sound. Once cassettes and CDs came around, they didn't really allow for as much creative liberties as records did. They offered very limited service area for artwork, so that artistic identity of the music became a bit lacking. All right, so talking a little bit more about, you know, past um, versions of music, um, I wanted to sort of give a little uh, quick history of graphic design in the music industry. So, I think I wanted to start about the 40s because I feel like that is when music um, started, you know, being widely available to people. So um, in the 40s, 
most of the time, graphic design in the 40s was like promotional war material, like the We Can Do It or I Want You. Um, so it was like most of that was very basic um, graphic elements on, um, you know, um, music of that time. But the 50s is where we start to get more into um, expression on art, um, on like the, the cover. Um, so we get into the rock and roll era with Elvis and Buddy Holly. So they start using more photography as well as text on um, covers. And then the 60s is where we get into the, the meat, um, the meat of the graphic meat. design <laughs> music industry. So um, this is where we get a lot more expression and like actual art on um, on the albums. So this is basically, I think, the turning point of graphic design and music at this point um, because there were so many great, you know, cover cover art um, examples during this time period. So the one that I think is like a, a shift, a cultural reset, is the, the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And anybody who knows me, if you're listening to this, you are not surprised by this because I'm a huge Beatles fan in middle school and high school. That was all I listened to. So this album was really revolutionary for, I think, three main reasons. Um, so this album was actually one of the very first concept albums. So the Beatles actually came up with characters that they were playing on the album. They weren't doing it as the Beatles. They were doing it as characters. And up until this point, people making music were you know, doing it as themselves, as the band. Um, so this was very weird um, for people to experience. Um, this also was one of the first albums that had all of the lyrics on the album. So whenever you turned over the album, all of the lyrics are on the back. Um, so you can understand what they're saying. I mean, at this point, they didn't have Google. You couldn't just Google what the lyrics are. So I think this was really cool um, for people who, you know, can't really understand what they're saying sometimes. That was really cool to be able to, like, read along with it. And then also... Um, this album had a lot of promotional material um, to keep the listeners interested and to, you know, give them like a little piece of tangible Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. So they had like little pendants that you could pin onto your jacket, little um, figurines of the Beatles and stuff like that. So I think this album, really one of the best um, examples of graphic design successfully in the 60s um, during that time period. Personally, my favorite genre of music from the past is protest songs. They're really passionate and just filled with such raw emotions. Uh, music and art both have this really unique ability to raise the spirits and evoke emotions from the soul, which is why they're such a critical part of the human experience and why album cover art is so important. Since music and art have this emotional power, it's no surprise that musicians and artists use their talents to stand up for what they believe in by creating protest pieces. Uh, Vietnam protest songs in particular are the most interesting to me because it's almost its own subgenre of music. Uh, the whole country could pretty much agree that the Vietnam War didn't need to happen. So tons of artists and music musicians would come together and just protest the war. If you Google Vietnam protest songs, very lengthy list of songs and album covers will show up. Uh, most of the covers for them were very photo-based since it was the 50s and 60s. Uh, there wasn't much technology available for graphic designers to uh, really have creative freedom with covers. But uh, two particular protest albums come to mind whenever I think of my favorites. Uh, the first is Pete Seeger's Waist Deep in the Big Muddy uh, album. Uh, it was 
made in 1967, and it depicts a big red heart with the earth in the center of it. It's very simple and cute. And uh, it says, Pete Seeger's waist deep in the big muddy and other love songs, which is funny to me that it says love songs. Um, but that cover is just so cute and simple, and it really just uh, it really just gives off the idea of why in the world are we in a war? Why in the world does that need to happen? Uh, the next album that comes to mind is Steve Rolls' Copperhead Road album from 1988. Uh, that's kind of like coming out of uh, the Vietnam era, and so he really hits on like the war on drugs and talks about the Reagan administration in that album, but uh, since Steve Earle's album came out in the 80s, that's when graphic design really started to transition from uh, just being photo-based to actually becoming like a piece of art, a piece of graphic design. And so it's really interesting to look at Steve Earle's album covers. One of them, uh, El Corazon, has like tarot cards all around it and has like the tarot card for the heart on there and that's a really cool piece of art to me and then his copperhead road album is like an army patch on like a camo uniform which is a very simple design but very effective as in regards to protesting the velvet underground so i've been in love with their music for as long as i can remember my parents love the velvet underground so i kind of grew up listening to them and one of their more famous album covers is the velvet underground and eco it's like this really graphic style banana it was actually done by Andy Warhol so I feel like if you don't know who the Velvet Underground is you've probably seen that even if you don't realize it but my personal favorite album cover by them is from their album Loaded it's like this graphic of a subway like where you walk down on the steps and it's got like this pink smoke coming up and it's in this like it says the velvet underground loaded and this super cool typeface it's just like so 70s it was made in the 70s so it makes sense but <laughs> very 70s and I'm just so in love with that and um the second album cover I wanted to talk about was Dan Hartman's instant replay it was made in 1978 and it was designed by Paula Cher which Paula Cher so Yes. If you don't know her, you probably have not been in graphic design very long. Because <laughs> she is very, very, very talented. The queen of graphic design, basically. We, we love her. To know her is to love her. Yes. yes. So she did this album cover for Dan Hartman, Instant Replay. And it. I just get Arthur vibes from it. <laughs> like Arthur, the little kid's TV show. Like with the colors and like the style of like the graphics that are on it. They're just so cool. There's a lot going on, but, like, in a good way. And the, like, type on it, I don't even think is a typeface. It looks like it's probably hand-lettered, which is really cool. And I'm just very much in love with this, <laughs> this whole album. It's just so pretty. So now that we've talked a little bit more about the past of graphic design in the music industry, I think we should probably transition into, you know, what's going on in the music industry today, graphic design-wise. So um, I wanted to start off talking about The Strokes album covers. One of my favorite album covers by them is from their album Come Down Machine. And I just wanted to say, like, I feel like a lot of artists nowadays love the vintage feel of, like, the 70s and 80s album covers and try to, you know, keep that in their style. And I think that The Strokes really hit the nail on the head with this one. It like the typeface, it just looks like it came out of the 80s 
just straight out of the 80s. And then another one is Panic at the Disco, their pretty odd album. It is just so gorgeous. Maddie was, we were talking about this earlier, and she was like, if this was the 20s in color. Yeah. Like, it's just so pretty. It's got these, like, beautiful flowers all around it, and it's in this, like, it says pretty odd on this, like, little flag, and it's got a really elegant, almost, typeface. It's, like, just so gorgeous, but it's so vintage. But this album came out, you know. In the 2000s. In the 2000s. So... I just feel like even though graphic design and music is changing so much, it's still somewhat staying the same. Yeah, it still relies somewhat on the past yeah, and because, the, the influences of it. Yeah, I know for sure, like, just for me, whenever there's an album that I love, I'm going to buy it on record. Yeah. I'm going to get it. Just because I think that it's pretty and I want to have it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's how that was 30 years ago. Yeah. It hasn't changed. Well, there definitely has been, like, a resurgence of vinyl sales. Because, mm-hmm. like, whenever I was a child, no one would really buy vinyls. Like, we had CDs, and that was about it. But then once things switched to being more of, like, a digital uh, way to experience media, media, uh, people would kind of just go back to buying vinyls just for the sole purpose of wanting to have that piece of art form. And so uh, it's interesting to me that... Uh, people kind of jumped over like going back to CDs and cassettes and just went all the way back to vinyls. And I'm, I'm assuming that's most likely because vinyls are big. And so it's like a big piece of art that you can have on display or look at. And some people don't even like have a record player. They just buy vinyls and put them up on their wall it's to look it's, at it. It's fashionable. Yeah. Now. It's like, it's, it's, it's like an art form. It's, it's a, like they're putting a piece of art on their wall. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people you've seen, like they'll literally hang up the mm-hmm. albums on their wall. I mean, I, I mean, it's art, so. Literally, Harry Styles' first album, it comes with, like, his record, comes with, like, this little booklet of, like, pictures of him. And, mm-hmm. like, it's, like, pictures of, like, his eye really close up. And, like, one is of his mouth really close up. <laughs> and I have them all framed in my room at home. Because they're just so pretty. Well, and then yeah. a lot of uh, artists, too, have started making vinyls where the vinyl itself is an art form. Like, mm-hmm. not even just the cover. Like, I know there's uh, this death metal gr- uh, <laughs> band called Elder that makes these really cool-looking vinyls. Some are, like, clear with, like, bursts of color going through it. Or yeah. it looks like a galaxy on the vinyl. And that's really interesting to me, too, that they're making the actual, like, thing that's being played its yeah. own art form in itself. I like that a lot. Yeah, I know. Um, I have two records that are actually like that. I have the Harry Styles one, which has, it's like transparent, but then has like dots of like black through it. And then I also have, I think it's a Cars album, <laughs> and it's like transparent blue. Mm. It's super cool. So I think that's really interesting that like, even though, like Anna said, music has progressed so far, we still see lots of uh, inspiration from the past of graphic design. Um, so I think, like um, like we were talking about earlier, more people kind of rely on, you know, digital experiences. Um, I think Maya had something to say about that. Oh, yeah. Um, the connection between the designer and the music industry used to be, like, relatively simple because they would just design the cover or, like, the little book that came with the CD But now that it's a primarily digital experience, the artists really have to work hard to keep the listener interested in listening to it and to keep them from pressing skip, essentially. 
And so nowadays streaming sites allow you to not only see like the album art, but you can see the lyrics and meanings behind those lyrics. And you can even see like animations to go along with the song. There's all kinds of options. So the digital age has really like brought more graphic design potential to uh, the music industry. So I am a big fan of, of digital media currently. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, especially on Spotify, that, like, they have those little animations behind a song. So, like, I like whenever I'm listening to music to actually be able to see some sort of, like, expression of what they think the music is about. So I really enjoy that. Yeah, and even when you, like, want to repost a song on your story on Instagram and you, like, go to do that, Spotify has, like, on not all the songs, but, like, on some songs, it'll have, like, a cool, like, GIF or like little animation. No, not GIF. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's GIF. GIF. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I say um, it both ways. I know. I just swap, <laughs> but has like an animation or something of that will be behind yeah. the song, which is really cool. And it's like the artist chooses what it is mm-hmm. too. So it's like I think that's really special. I really like also like now, even though it, I feel like it's kind of hard to find new music because you kind of just stick to your same stuff. I like that. Um, you know, apps like Spotify or Apple Music actually can, like, suggest new music that you think, uh, that they think you would like and stuff like that. So I think that's a really cool way to get to experience music now um, because you also get to see, like, you know, Mm -hmm. find that that band and, like, explore their different music and stuff. And there is a lot of cool, like, cover designs on Spotify. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really cool because it kind of introduces you to new design as well as music in the same way. Mm -hmm. So I think the future is definitely, I feel like it's very much like in the 80s movies when they're talking about the future. That's the future we're headed towards, I think. The ones where they're like, oh, we're going to have flying cars and stuff. But but like music wise, I think the future is really bright because I mean, there's been, yeah, there's been so many albums recently that are coming out that are very like what's the word revolutionary Mm -hmm. in the same way of the albums in the 60s like Beyonce did a visual album called Black is King that she released Mm -hmm. on Disney plus that was absolutely beautiful breathtaking so pretty yes and like every single song had like almost like a music video but like put into this one long movie Yeah, they they all connected yeah and like the visuals breathtaking Mm -hmm. absolutely beautiful and everything had, like, a symbolism to it, and, like, you wanted to know more about what was going on. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but graphic design has really, like, taken off in the music industry as far as concerts go, too. Like, oh, yeah. I feel like every time I go to a concert, it really is, like, a very intense experience where I'm actually, like, experiencing that music happening to me, especially through watching the, like cool designs they have on the big screens because in the past it used to just be like the artist singing and there'd be like a firework or something I don't know <laughs> but now it's like they'll do like cars driving on the screen and like yeah. little animations and it's like a it's like you're experiencing the music it's really cool yeah I think that that's I think like artists are wanting more people to like feel what they're feeling mm-hmm. and I think that graphic design is a great way to convey that because like you can actually like see what they're seeing you know I think it's really interesting. Like, um, Billie Eilish recently came out with her new album. I think it was last year. Yeah, something like that. That is crazy to think that was last year. But it's, when we all fall asleep, where do we go? And she released the album to critical acclaim. Very big album. And um, then I think a recent, like, 
after she um, actually I think released it, was the it, night of her release. Yeah, after that, she um, did an experience where it was like a house, basically, and every single room that you went into, it was like a visualization of that song, and the song would be playing in it. And I think that's, I think that's the future of what graphic design is going to be. Yeah, based. I'm excited to see yeah. where it goes, and I do like that. Although things are becoming very digitalized mm-hmm. that we still are like buying vinyls and appreciating like the actual physical piece of art that goes yeah. along with it uh it's not just like a title or a label like to a song like the cover is a piece of that it's really interesting to see that that the artist came up with that for you and so I think the future is very exciting to think about yeah. I, I think oh you can go ahead Sorry. <laughs> I never see like vinyls going out of style. I agree. I think that artists are going to continue to make them because people like them are going to and are going to keep buying them. Mm-hmm. I know like as long as I'm alive, I will probably be buying records of, you know, bands and um albums that I like just because I like the music or maybe just because I think it's really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's something to being able to actually have a tangible um, example of the music that you love, and so I I don't think that vinyl's going to go anywhere anytime soon. I think so. if vinyls do go out of style, then some other physical form of the artwork mm-hmm. will be in style. People just want to be able to touch that piece of music that they love so much. Yeah. So if vinyls are out, then something else physical will come in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have one question I think that we should end this off on. So do you think people buy music because of the music or because of the album design? I think it used to be because of the music, but now Mm -hmm. in this modern day, people will buy stuff for the album design. I'm not going to lie. I definitely gravitate towards things that are pretty. Yeah. And if I'm going to get a record, I don't want to get an ugly one because it's going to be, you know, (laughs) displayed in my room and Mm -hmm. I want it to, you know, be aesthetically pleasing. So I definitely gravitate towards things that are pretty. Yeah, I think... It's, like, hard for me to describe because there's some albums that, like, are very pretty, and so I want to listen to them, but then sometimes I'll listen to them all the way, and I'm like, no, I don't really vibe with all the music on here. Yeah, (laughs) like, there's some that are, like, there's some songs that are good on the album, but, like, the whole thing as an experience, I don't know if I like it as much. Well, that's why I think in the past, like, it was more based on who the artist was rather than what the cover looked like because you were buying it to listen to it. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, you can listen to it on Spotify or Apple Music. So if you actually want to go out and buy a physical copy of it, you're going to want something pretty. Even if you're not actually listening to it, you're buying it to look at. So I think that's cool. Especially with, I mean, stuff is expensive. Records are expensive. Like $30 for, like, a new one. But, I mean, sometimes it's worth it. I'm not going to lie. I'd be dropping a bag on (laughs) on some records sometimes. Yeah. So I think definitely the future of graphic design, it's very bright. You know, I think we're going to see a resurgence of um, more like vintage-based artwork and stuff like that. But then also a lot of more visual-based experiences to go with the music as well. So I had a great time talking to you guys today. Yes, me too. Hopefully we can do this again. I, I think we sh- we're going to start our own podcast. Y'all go <laughs> tune in. Y'all tune stay in. tuned for that one, y'all. But all right. See y'all later. Bye. Bye.